Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. What's up, Star Wars fam? I'm Steph Sabra, Chewbacca's long lost daughter, Harry and Charismatic, just like my dear old dad. Just like I'm your joined dad. By just my, like my dear old dad. I'm joined by my favorite co-pilot in the galaxy, Ryan Nelson, head of Popcorn Talk. Ryan, miss you so much, friend. Dude, Steph and I almost cried when we linked up the Zoom meeting today because... We we just we wish we could force project because we just haven't seen each other and it's sad. It's, it's sad. sad. It should be illegal. It's ruining my life. Oh yeah, you just got. Co- I am drinking. We both coffee have our coffee. Our Star Wars Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, anyways, friends, we're so glad to be back. Just remember that the best Star Wars galaxy is an anti-racist galaxy. So as we continue to bring up Star Wars, bring Star Wars news to you weekly, I want to remind everyone to be doing their best to become better allies every day and um, fight the good fight. Anyways, we have an exciting show today. We're glad to be back again every Thursday, 4 p.m. PST on the Popcorn Talk. We have some Deborah Chow news. If you don't know her, she was one of my favorite directors from the Mandalorian series, which had an incredible set of directors. And then we have some Mandalorian book and comic news. Ryan, oh my God, we got such a good tweet from Ryan Johnson on Star Wars and on the prequels because that is such a polarizing subject. (laughs) But he got such a great tweet. Ryan was, Ryan, our Ryan was obsessed with it. Um, And then a lot of fans were showing love and the different things that they love about the prequels. So we'll talk about that. And then some good TikTok Star Wars stuff. And then a really crazy rumor is going around about um, the sequel prequels. Rumor has it. I wish we had our soundbite from Adele to play, but uh, it is a wild rumor. And just a lot of, of chatter in the Star Wars community this week, like there is in our chat. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Again, live, 4 p.m. Thursdays, Popcorn Talk. James Lott Jr. guested last week. He is in the chat. Hello, Star Wars fam, as well as Darth Baca and 3D Love you, James Lott and Darth Baca. So share your thoughts um, throughout the show, y'all. Yeah, and make sure you hit that like button and leave a comment after this video because that really helps. I hear. I hear around the world that that helps the algorithm. I hear so Roxy a say comment. that a lot. A lot. So <laughs> let's try it. Let's try it. <laughs> okay. This is any Endeavor Chow news makes me so excited. She uh, directed two of my favorite episodes from the first season of The Mandalorian. And she is slated to direct the entire Obi-Wan series that we don't really know when it's coming coming or if it really will, but we hope it will because she's directing it. And she sat down with an interview and she was talking about the major differences between the Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan series. And it, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's because the Mandalorian had six different directors. We had Rick Famuyiwa. We right. had Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, Taika Waititi. And Filoni. We had Dave, Dave Filoni. Filoni. Yeah. And uh, so that she was working with a big group and she was saying that was an incredible experience because it was so collaborative and they actually met and worked with each other a lot, even though they had their own individual episodes, whereas the Obi-Wan series is just her. So there's positives and negatives to both. What'd you think about the interview, Rye? 
Yeah, I thought um, it's always exciting. Like De- Deborah Chow is our girl. Like well, ever since yeah. we check our Mandalorian after show, I think it was episode three was her first one. I was three or four, and we were just electrified. Like because the series was great throughout, but it wasn't until her first episode where we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is what this show can be." And then her yes. second one was just as good. And then we're like, "Oh, she's doing the Obi Wan series." Like she is the pick my favorite director i think my favorite episodes from last from that first season were hers and it's it's awesome that she's doing this entire obi-wan series but what she was saying in this interview i thought was really interesting it confirmed a lot of things that we've been talking about steph which is just that you know this is going to be a much more a much more like singular story with a character we're already familiar about uh, as opposed to the mandalorian who were like picking up little nuggets uh, throughout the entire season, um, there's no mask. It's like we we know everyone's face. We've seen them young and old. Uh, yeah. And in just those differences, I think that those rumors early on were true. That maybe the first draft of the scripts were a little too similar to the Mandalorian, like uh, someone protecting a youngster, which in this case would have mm-hmm. been like Obi Wan and Luke. Now I'm thinking Baby Yoda and, and Mando. So I- I'm hyped. I'm, I'm glad it's going to have a different tone. And I, I'm I'm really really confident in Deborah Chow helming the entire project. Me too, because the article actually pointed out something that I didn't put together before. But she was signed as the director for the Obi Wan series before her episodes from The Mandalorian aired, which means she they probably just knew she was the shit on set, just knew she, that they needed to work with her again because she landed that gig after so i mean they probably she's probably a pleasure to work with on set and she obviously gives incredible product at the end of it oh yeah i i what i was most hyped for it star wars has done that before and i don't think they've had the best track record with it because i know the news that ryan johnson was going to do an entire trilogy on his own came out before last jedi came out and that's still a little up in the air whether we're going to get that or not uh, but uh, yeah, I think they were just so blown away by Deborah Chow's work, and then seeing that audience response, they're like, "Oh yeah," and we really got to make sure this is this is going to be as the best product it is. Um, but yeah, they're just on top of their their ish, and when it comes to TV, and this further proves that. I hope they're taking yeah, except. This time. Well, except so as we know, the Obi Wan series was supposed to start, I believe, this July, but got pushed back to January of 2021. But that was before coronavirus, so I don't even know what their plan is now that the pandemic has happened because we don't even know if production's going to stay because it recently opened, but I don't know if it will stay open. Yeah, I, if this past week was any indication, uh, I, I just think we we really do not know. Um, yeah, um, which which makes me sad. I think like that, that that's the case for any movie, upcoming movie or live action TV series. Uh, but hopefully they'll they'll figure something out. And if not, maybe we can get more of the animated content. But I, I th- I'm really hyped that they're not wavering at all with her, and she they're clearly like developing it as much as they possibly can during this downtime, um, so that we do get something like remarkable later on. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, in other news, Star Wars announced a, a spinoff to The Mandalorian in books and comics, and it's pretty cool. There's um, there's a few different ones coming out. The, the Art of the Mandalorian, this will be season one, 
by Phil Sostak, I believe. Right. Um, covered by Doug Chang. The Mandalorian original novel. This is an adult novel. Um, that's Ooh. by Adam Christopher. And then there's The Mandalorian, The Ultimate Visual Guide by Pablo Hidalgo. Allies and Enemies, Level 2 Reader by Brooke Vital. The Mandalorian 8x8 Storybook by Brooke Vital and the Mandalorian junior novelization by Joe Schreiber. So pretty cool. There's like every generation can have something. Yeah, we're getting young adult novels. The the art of, I'm really excited because you know how at the end of every episode they had all the the concept art and the credits? Like I love a book of just all of those, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Which ones have we not seen? Which of these titles, again, we don't know really anything about them, but which of these titles most attracts to you Steph I'm kind of interested in what have they what the Mandalorian original novel the adult novel would be right and do you think that these are going to be obviously like, what do you mean by adult novel <laughs> right. you know right like, are we going to see an unmasking are we going to see a Mando love scene because <laughs> With the we're mask here for on. it we are here for it. He's going to go back to that planet with the... Yes, with the booth thing. Mm. The Bryce Dallas Howard episode, uh, mm. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Yes. Is he going to go back to his yes. sanctuary? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and Adam Christopher is the author of that, and I'm not really familiar with any of his work, but Pablo Hidalgo, he's done a, he does a lot of the, the visual guides for Star Wars, like the one I have oh, okay. of a Rise of Skywalker, I think he did. Um, yeah, Brooke, the Mandalorian art had, that we've seen for just the show was so oh, so cool. So yeah, cool. and and so they basically developed it exactly. Usually, you see art, and it doesn't really look like how the movie or the show ended up. Right, Joe Schreiber. I, I was kind of doing just a straight up Google search of him earlier. Um, he's actually been involved with Star Wars for like quite a while. Uh, he even did a horror Star Wars novel before Disney bought Star Wars called Death Troopers, oh. um, which was like in 2009. But uh, he's from Pennsylvania, where I'm from, and he's always been involved in writing things for Star Wars. But, uh, I mean, Death Troopers became a thing in, in Rogue One, like the all-black suit, and then we saw him again in Mandalorian. So I think that's really cool that he's involved. Like, this is a guy who's like a longtime fan and, and writer for it. Uh, and now he's getting like a current spinoff of the Mandalorian. Like that is yeah, awesome. that's sick. Really sick. Yeah, they have. I, they, they I'm excited job. for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're coming out with a ton of books and comics. Do you, is this normal production for that? Because <laughs> I feel like I've never heard about so many coming out at once. Yeah, I think well, there's a bunch right now. And I think some of it has stalled. I think since we're just in this this stage where yeah. you, know, you can only announce so much of the the live action content, like let's let's fill the void with something. Let's get some more comics. Let's get some more books. Everyone loved Mandalorian so much; it's so popular. Let's 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 just expand this universe and keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's this normal. There's always been a ton of Star Wars books, but the ones that are right now that are like canon and Disney has actually a hand in producing. Yeah, a ton. That's so many people to wrangle and get on the same page. It's impressive, but unusual. So this is a fun story. Ryan Johnson explains what made the prequel great. He tweeted this and um, 
I love this for many reasons because I like the prequels and I will here, here. die happily on that hill. <laughs> he said, Lucas made a gorgeous seven hour long movie for children about how entitlement and fear of loss turns good people into fascists and, and did it while spearheading nearly every technical sea change in modern filmmaking of the past 30 years. I mean, this is so absolutely true. Wow. I have the tweet up for everyone right now. I mean, this is a badass statement. Like, this guy, he's so unapologetically a Star Wars fan, much like you and I, Steph. And, by the way, this is in reply to someone going, say a genuinely nice thing about the Star Wars prequels. And he just replied. (laughs) Like, that is awesome. It didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, Steph, were you like... I, I instantly wanted to just go in my car and turn on the last jedi score and start driving with the windows down yelling like a madman yeah i watched episode <laughs> two last night as i went to bed because i just got i just got reinvigorated i needed i had a desire to watch it because of him but i completely agree i like obviously the the themes that played and are portrayed in star wars are why i love it so much because it speaks so realistically to what we go through here on earth (laughs) so i love that and i think that the prequels did a really good job of exposing the sort of political behind the scenes factors of what goes on in the star wars and um what else do i love about it well i can i can (laughs) hop in right there i yeah breaking down his tweet it's so accurate so seven hour long movie so all three the trilogy like very concise his vision um for children, which that was one big criticism, even though all of Star Wars has kind of been geared towards children ever since it, it came out in the first place. Um, and it, this one felt a lot more kitty, but it gets dark. Like, episode three is so dark. Uh, he, and ki- he kills children. He kills children. Like, grow Younglings. up. <laughs> Younglings. Younglings. Um, but how f- entitlement... So, Anakin, I'm seeing, like, being an entitled person as well as the emperor like palpatine um, i'm so into you breaking this down line by line right fear of loss <laughs> so remember he had those night terrors he was afraid of his mom dying he was afraid of padme dying and ultimately that's what happened um and turned him into a fascist you see them at the end of episode three like watching the death star being built just like nodding and like they're they're evil people they're they're what they swore to destroy um and the technical achievement that goes without saying i think everyone was pretty on board for that like yeah they were so sick especially for that time they still hold up in a lot of ways i I, the the way that they portrayed each city and planet that they were on and all of the different fights fight scenes that we got i think that it was so dope for that time and still is but I do think that for kids now, the prequels would age well because we all like there is some fascism going on in in the United States today. So I do think that there are more relatable storylines to today than perhaps there was in the early 2000s when it came out. And this sparked a huge conversation online just about your favorite prequel moments. And we talked about this a, a ton of times too, like the prequels for the joke for a while. And now that we're getting all this more star wars people who grew up with the prequels and more of a forefront like you and i like they we like them a lot more and i think they've kind of grown on people as years have passed uh and we, people are sounding off in the live chat right now 
uh, just going in about just saying, damn, came with the bars. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. He did. Came, came in hot. Um, like, stop it. <laughs> I, I, I think, what do we, you have any favorite moments, Steph? You said you watched Attack of the Clones last night. What was a scene that, that stood out? Um, okay, well, in general, I like the movies because I don't read too much. I, I totally understand that Anakin is going to be dramatic, and I'm okay with that. I feel like if you're expecting something else, you might be upset at the entire time. But I love, I, I, I love it. But in episode one particular, I love the pod racing. You know I love that. Oh, my gosh. So fun. James Law Jr. chiming in the chat saying he's seen every Star Wars movie in theaters. There's something about seeing a scene like the pod That's such race. a big flex. Oh, it's a huge flex, James Lott. <laughs> but something about seeing something like the pod race on the big screen, like that is a magical theatrical moment. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorites from Phantom Menace is when they introduced Darth Maul. Like, I don't know if you remember, but Palpatine's on like a FaceTime with the Separatists and he goes, oh, my apprentice will be joining you. And he comes in out of the shadows, like just looking like a badass. And you're like, who's this guy? And the whole rest of the yeah. movie, is he the Phantom Menace? And we realize. Great call, Rye. Everyone let us know what your favorite parts about the prequels in the comments below, even after this live chat has ended. And if you're not joining our live chat, you can every week, Thursdays, 4 p.m. PST on the Popcorn Talk. But I do want to share some of what the different fans were saying on Twitter about naming one good thing about the prequels. Yes. We have one. Are you pulling that up, right too? Pulling them up right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Adam Savage said they were super fun to work on and I got to do it with some of my favorite people in the world. Oh, this is my favorite. This is from oh Rashida God. Renee said beautiful gowns and put all of Padme's gowns. And it's so true. Facts. Beautiful I, gowns. I counted. Steph, there are 16 outfits here. Amazing. 16 Goals. I need that in my life. <laughs> like those are Fashion awesome. gold. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this one is so random. Only real Star Wars fans would know this. Mart, Matt Martin, one word, Yaddle. <laughs> and the photos. Uh, oh, great. this this was a good one from AJ. Mall intro, pod racing, Ewan McGregor, Ian McDiarmid, the clones, Je- Genosis, Coleman, Trevor, Sand, Dexter, Jets, uh, <laughs> lightsaber choreography, the battles, Order sixty six, the era, Qui Gon. Grievous, Windu, Rise of Vader, John Williams, Revenge of the Sith. Should I go on? I mean, enough. (laughs) He really, like, the first two were our two. With Paul's intro and the pod racing. God, I mean, I forgot the Dexter Jetster. That's the guy Obi-Wan meets up with in Attack of the Clones when he's like, what is this? Yeah. What is this thing? And he's like, those are from cloners. Wait, Ryan, since we're talking about episode one, can you do your um, Gato? Uh, oh, Watto? Watto, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well, well, really, it's the Watto in, in Attack of the Clones when they go back, and they're like, and Anakin's like all grown up, and he doesn't recognize oh, him, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah, fixes yeah. something, and he's like, Yuani! <laughs> Lilani! And he's like, yeah, it's, yes, Watto, I'm... Lilani! This is reminding me of Brandon Hanna. Shout out to Brandon Hanna if you're in the chat. He's always rocking with us in Star Wars and just in life and nerd culture in general. 
Miss well, you, bud. Hope you're good. I, and shout out to everyone in the chat. I want to know who people in the chat, if they can do any good impressions as well. I know James Lotz can basically do Darth Vader uh, just by existing, mm-hmm. um, talking. He is everyone's daddy. <laughs> but uh, uh, And then... We, yeah, shout out to everyone in the chat. You guys actually are the best. Thank you so much for watching and make sure to hit that like button. John Caston said, still the best teaser poster movie in history. I want, can you pull that photo up? Because I, I agree. It's, I mean, the shadow of Anakin and Vader. It, that is classic. I'm getting chills talking about it right now. <laughs> and then Matt coming out years after. You know, like it had been years since Star Wars movies and then not happen. So right. dope. Like if this this being a prequel, it's just so effective. And so many uh, other posters have copied it too. Just like with that whole shadow effect. I love that poster. It's it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Like this little kid. And he turns into be this like gigantic monster. Exactly. Um, Kenzie et al. said, I liked how all the elected officials were completely useless and let fascism take over, just like real life. Extremely relevant storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) I just found that one. I'm I'm, I'm flashing all the tweets. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan was perfection. And then also, I... I feel like it doesn't get talked enough. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, but then also Hayden Christensen as as Anakin, mm. that's an incredible combo. Oh, I mean, Steph, if they announced, like, a new Star Wars project, or the, if they said Hayden's going to make a cameo in the Obi-Wan series, like, forget it. Box office. I know. I don't get it, right? So I just watched Jumper. I believe that's co- what it's called. And, yeah. Hayden, and he's in it. And it was, like, only made a few years after uh, the prequels. And mm. he's so good in it. And he actually met his wife, I think, on set from there because it's Rachel Bilson and she's the his co-star. Right. And I just get so – I got so sad because I'm like, why don't we see him anymore? He- I, I, yeah, I'm frustrated too. If he came out with something – I saw a really funny tweet this week that was like if Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and Hayden Christensen were going to be in a movie together – it would get a billion dollars just because those were the guys <laughs> in the early 2000s. Like those were the guys, the biggest movies. Biggest yes. Stars. You're so right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, even Ewan, yeah. like I know Dr. Sleep just popped on, I think HBO max. And that was like the number one movie last week. And like, it's Ewan. 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 I have to see that. He's the man. Yeah, he, he's definitely uh, the highlight for in terms of acting, I think, for uh, the prequels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He carried it for sure. <laughs> Moving on, if you guys have a lot of money, which I don't know who has a lot of money right now other than Kim Kardashian, who has, what is it, 16 horses yeah. you know, on her Appar- ranch in a golf cart? <laughs> Apparently she's not track. a billionaire. That's what I heard. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Forbes is like, stop it. Stop Not lying. yet. Not Stop yet. lying. So um, there is an ultimate Mandalorian helm- helmet replica. Got the photo available. Up right now. Yeah, and it's available for six forty nine ninety nine with shipping. My so God. pretty expensive, but it's pretty freaking cool. 
and it's it's really really high end officially licensed prop replica it was unveiled um earlier this year that it says close to a screen use prop as you're likely to get without being pedro pascal wow so if you really want to cosplay i feel like this is this is where you would go this is the type of thing that if just if quarantine keeps going the way it's going right now i'm going to save up for this <laughs> You, you know. wait. What happened with the Disney money? Oh or my I mean, god! Yeah, I have updates. I have updates. Okay. So Update. It's so funny. Someone asked me that on. Uh, so I was I was helping produce uh, Better Together the other day. It's someone in the chat. Star Drew. Star Drew in the chat goes. What did you do with the celebration money? <laughs> Star Drew. Yeah. What did you do? So. I, okay. I looked deeper into it, and I actually got some awesome advice from the con guys who were reporting on Star Wars Celebration being canceled last week. Um, the thing is, if I got all the cash back, they would take a fee. It would be like a 5% processing fee, which yeah. isn't a whole lot because of the amount of money. This is like $300 for these two tickets. Um, so... I, first, I was going to do that, but then they were like, we can give you credit. What, you, we, what we can do is we can reserve two tickets for the next time it's in Anaheim, but you can withdraw whenever you want. So I'm doing that for the time being. Oh, okay. So it still so gives me... If you felt like getting cash, you would just withdraw. Exactly. All right. I can definitely respect that. And you know what? Maybe I'll sell them. Probably not, though. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Do you uh, think you're going to keep that? I feel like you're going to keep them if I know you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice. Like, what what I did last year totally worked out in that I was like, wow, I just spent so much money and I forgot about it. And now that this got canceled, I was like, oh, wow, I can just get this cool little bonus surplus here. But maybe I just keep it there and it's a happy surprise down the road. Mm-hmm. The point is I can take it out whenever – um, which I is nice. That. Yeah. Mature. A very mature decision. Someone's Haywood Wong saying Rye Guy Christmas wish <laughs> for for that helmet. I that's an expensive Christmas wish. Is Laura in the chat? Laura Nelson, now you know what Rye wants for Christmas. Six hundred and fifty dollar helmet. <laughs> so useful. And yeah, it would just be the perfect Christmas gift. Easily. Okay, Rye Guy, can you pull up this TikTok? Um, this guy, this dude is doing the funniest Star Wars impressions, and they're so spot on. I don't get how he does it, but it. he did that. I got him right here. Um, yeah, I mean, there, we were even talking about this last week when James Lott was on, because he's like the Star Wars TikTok guy. Uh, there haven't been really like that many cool Star Wars TikToks, but this one took off, uh, and we always love showing like some great social media, so... Here we go. Um, this guy's name is Funklord underscore Vader. Steph, you want to know what you sound like right now? Huh? You sound like one AirPod died and the other is alive and well. You sound like Ky- like Kylo Ren's mask is malfunctioning. Wait, how, how, what do you mean? I maybe I'm crazy in the live chat. You guys can comp. Uh, is it? Well. Has it been like that the entire episode? No, no, it just started, like, the past 30 seconds. Okay, is it good now? It is good now. Um, oh, no, I don't know if they could hear the video. Oh. Can you guys hear? Oh, wait, now they can. Senorita. 
It makes me feel So wait, hold on, Steph. I gotta, I gotta put the last one on real quick. I love it when you call me Senorita. Well, 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 miss. I love it when you call me Senorita. I love it when you call me Senorita. It's a fitting title, don't you think? I happen to like it when you call me Senorita. Is that a problem? I love it when you call me Senorita. You and your pathetic rebellion will soon find that I prefer the term Senorita. So now the audience, you know, they're that. Yeah. Audio now. Sorry about that, okay. you guys. The force was not strong. Now you. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm glad that we showed that. Another thing, let's get to our rumor. So this is a crazy rumor that's going around right now. This guy, let me see what his profile was. It was so creepy, his video. It seemed like a, a jigsaw. What's that movie? Uh, Saw. Saw. But that type of video, like you have 48 hours or whatever he says. Okay, wait, let me your, see. Oh, cut off your oh and okay, so the person who made this rumor, who said he's like, he says he has all these sources, his name on Twitter, his handle is Doomcock, you guys, his name is Doomcock, so I'm going to take everything he says with a large grain of salt, yeah. all right, and I employ you to do the same. Yikes. I didn't know that. Okay. I, I didn't know that in the rundown. I didn't see that one in the rundown. Yeah, Doomcock Doom says that Disney is apparently erasing the sequel trilogy. There are plans to erase the sequel trilogy from the um, the other original movies because I don't I don't know why he didn't really give a reason as to why. I guess if you want to assume it's because they weren't as pleased with that, but they are using like a loophole from um, what is the animated show called? Clone, um, Clone Wars, right? No, it's not Clone Wars. It's oh, it's Rebels. Rebels. Uh, I, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I've totally like brain farted. By the way, I have the the video of the guy up right now. Um, he totally looks like Saw. It's <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's right? just threatening. It's creepy, and his name is Doomscock. So <laughs> yeah, he's saying that the plan is to erase the sequel trilogy from. I mean. <laughs> from the face of the star wars planet i don't know right what do you think about this is this all bs and if it isn't what do you think that do you think that's okay all right so this we're about to nerd out y'all um yeah can you explain what he's saying like how it could be erased right so in the series rebels which i which Steph has watched a lot of Clone Wars. I don't think you've seen a lot of the Rebels quite yet. No. Um, you can check it out on Disney+. Plus. There is an episode, really great one, called The World Between Worlds, uh, which base it. I'm not going to say it's time travel, but it's like the Star Wars cool version of that. <laughs> that um, Ahsoka and a few of the characters from Rebels I kind of get roped into... And there is some, like, skippage of time where you can, like, pull people out of situations they're in and, like, reposition them. So the theory that I believe Doomcock was was uh, referring to here is the idea that if there was anything we didn't love about the sequel trilogy, um, there could be a storyline where perhaps they use the world between worlds and save someone or change something. Um the theory that people were kind of floating out there is with like Ben Solo. Uh, if perhaps they, they save him so he can be alive or something 
around that. It's actually really cool in the show. It sounds like I never love, I don't love time travel that much anymore. It's, it's a little cliche. It's in everything. But How the, dare you? I know. But the way they used it in Rebels was amazing. And I don't yeah, love the whole idea of retconning. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I've, no, no, no. I heard about this. We've talked about this before. This has been mentioned many times before as a, a use in different um, different forms of Star Wars material. So I've heard about this and it is dope. But let's say they did. Let's say they were like, you know what? The sequel trilogy is not what we want to have on the Star Wars future fans' minds when they think about these movies. Like, let's let's kind of displace them so they're not as connected. Mm. I don't even think that's possible because we, obviously we know it, you can't just like, I mean, you could be like America and just kind of erase some of history in the history books, but you, everyone will know that those movies came out with it. So what would be the purpose just to like tell another story? Right. I, I don't want like some retconning happening. Like that, yeah. I think that's the thing we're a little worried about. But if they pull it off in a cool way, I was actually talking about this with Rachel Goodman. Um, who's a friend of the show, like, I wouldn't love to see a movie start off with they use this and they like, bring Kyle, Ben Solo back to life. However, I think it'd be, like, a really cool movie if just, like, a standalone movie that followed Rey, like, on her new journey, she buried the lightsabers, and if she learned everything she could about this world between worlds and the ending is she, like, save Ben or something like that. Like, that'd be, I think, a really cool usage of this. I just think you 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 gotta Blasphemy. be careful. Blasphemy? You like Blasphemy. the death? Blasphemy. Leave it. Honestly, leave it. Leave the movies. You okay. said you're done with Skywalker. Be done with it. There is an entire galaxy to talk about. I love Skywalker, all of it, the entire family. But be done. We are moving on. You Rest said it, peace. not me, and now I'm just living with it. You know. <laughs> I've made peace with your news to me that you were done with Skywalkers, and we have to move on. But Doom, Doomcock is, he's demanding this. Listen, Professor Doomcock, <laughs> Jigsaw, 2020 version. 2020. I need receipts, <laughs> not just your, your voice recording. Gregory Castillo in the chat saying, save, save Snoke. Um, Ahsoka could come out and save everything. Uh, Just make an Ahsoka movie. <laughs> Samir saying, preach, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Pazimo in the chat saying, dead ass. Just leave it. Move on. Look, I guess <laughs> it's that difference that we're having right now, Steph. You want to go more outward in this universe. I want to go more inward. I want I want to see Ooh. more of the world in between worlds, you know? Yay. I want to Ant-Man Ooh. shrink there. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have differences, but you just... You really sold that. I don't agree with it, but you make a good argument. Maybe we can get both for us so that we're all happy. Perhaps. Perhaps, Perhaps. not. We'll, and we'll see what, what Doomcock's next video is. That'll be like a special I, segment now. Doomcock, let me tell you, I cannot wait for your next video. <laughs> we should get him on the show. Wait. Yo. Yes. Let's all tweet at Doom. Yeah. Okay, let's all tweet at Doomcock, all right? <laughs> Anyways, I think that wraps up this week's episode of Star Wars News. Just a reminder, we're here every Thursday, 4 p.m. PST at the Popcorn Talk Network. 
Rye, any last thoughts? And if not, where can everyone keep up with you and chat with you until next week? My last thoughts, uh, JLJ Media, James Law Jr. saying he wants to go inward too. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, my last thoughts, uh, guys, may the force be with you. Uh, you know, Star Wars rewatching, that's getting us through this quarantine, this crazy time. We're loving the news. Please tweet at Steph and I. You can find me at Rye Nilsson, R-Y-N-I-L. SCN, if there's something you want us to talk about on the show, a guest you want us to bring on or reach out to, um, and comment in this video your thoughts that really helps us spread the word of the show. Steph, where can people find you? You can find me uh, all over social media at Steph Sobral. Yeah, hit Ryan and I up. We love to hear different Star Wars series and news from you guys. And you guys have a great weekend. We will see you next week. And until then, may the 4th May the 4th. May the force be with May you. May the force be with you on July 4th. <laughs> From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.